what is up you beautiful human hello and welcome back to the raw real and vulnerable podcast with me your host beck antonucci that completes two weekends in austin texas with all of my soul community support coaching the bridge experience and extreme leadership and i really desire to share with you an analogy about transformation that i recently shared with a client of mine And it really stems off the back of last week where I spoke about transformation when we do these life-changing things. It isn't in the moment that we do the thing that the life change occurs, but it's in that moment that the seed of the transformation is planted. And some of us can have unrealistic expectations around when that life change produces. And I shared with a particular client and he loved it. I shared with him that we're planting seeds for transformation now for him. But if we were to plant a seed in soil And then the both of us stand there and be like, motherfucker, grow. And then the both of us stand there staring at the seed in the soil, screaming at it like, grow, motherfucker, grow, grow faster. Come on, hurry up. I want to see my fucking flower already. (laughs) The seed is going to be like, bitch, I like need to be watered and I take time. And every day I'm going to have to receive sunlight and nutrients and I get to be fed. And yes, eventually I will sprout. And one day there will be a flower and then there will be more flowers but you only just planted my seed. And I just love that analogy. And after witnessing so many humans go through such incredible internal transformation over the past two weekends and this entire year, including my own personal transformation, I just really want to strongly reflect that back to you that so many of you are in the work and doing the work. And sometimes the unrealistic expectation that we're meant to have flowers right now when we have only just planted our seeds that can really inhibit the life journey that we're all on. Every single day we are planting our own internal seeds and every single day we are watering our own internal seeds and expecting that day one we plant a seed and day two the rose appears is actually taking away from the journey that is life. So today you get to be introduced to one of the most special humans in my whole entire world. She is my very best friend and the head coach of all of my programs And the depth of the work that I do with women now is made so much richer for having Tracy in my life. I know for every woman in our community hearing and receiving this, this is going to be such a treat for you. And for everyone who hasn't had an opportunity to ever know and or connect with Tracy yet, you are about to receive such medicine for your beautiful soul. We dive deep into pleasure and desire And the two of us together have been really in our own unique initiations here in Bali. She is one incredible human. And if you are a woman who is committed to working with desire and allowing desire to be your north node, to be your internal compass for the life of alignment that you're here to walk, I really encourage you to tune into this journey that we're about to embark on that includes pieces of Tracy's life, pieces of my life, pieces of the women that we have worked with their lives. There's just so much magic in this episode today. If you like it, if you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Tracy because we would love to connect with you. I truly believe that every woman gets to live a life committed to her alignment, her aliveness and her desire. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. I'm sitting here with one of the most important humans in my whole entire world, She is my best friend. She is essentially a soulmate in human form. We basically are a relationship, but we do not fuck. She is also the head coach of my programs, Tracy Callahan. Welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. 
Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And absolutely, we definitely do not fuck. So this is the highlight of our relationship for me. (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone that is not in our programs, I know how adored you are by our entire community. For anyone who is not a part of our world yet or your world yet, who is Tracy Callahan and what is it that you do in the world? Oh, straight into it. (laughs) I am a human navigating life like everybody else. And I'm a mum to four children. I have just moved to Bali and I support women to really access pain and trauma and shift through what is there for them and into the life that they're truly desiring. And I really love to talk about desire because without it, we can just feel so empty. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about desire and what that brings in all aspects of life. Mm, It's so funny because we've been talking about doing this for so long. Like how long have we been talking about doing a podcast together? Forever, literally Forever. forever. And it's been this last round of true transformation and just so much conversation around women really living lives that are in alignment with their desires and really putting down this version of themselves that they created based upon society's expectations of who we think we should be and now really claiming what we want through that exact conversation that we've been having with all of our women that really activated within us to decide to do the podcast specifically around desire. So have you always lived a desire-led life? Absolutely not. And I think it's good that you've prefaced it with what's in the space for the women in our community at the moment is so much societal conditioning and so much expectation and so much personal beliefs instilled from the home and all sorts of different things that create the space for us to dull down our desire because we don't want to be the too much woman or the woman who wants too much or is in her desire or pleasure because then she stands out and people may think, you know, insert blank here. So I definitely fell victim to that societal conditioning. And and if you just stay quiet and small, everything will be okay. You won't be noticed and nobody will think anything about you because you just exist in the quietness. And if you don't ask for what you want, you just stay quiet and you also don't receive. And that's the aspect of that. So many unmet needs and so much lack of fulfillment in the space of not being in your desire. But sometimes that can be so much safer, our perceived safety than actually making the request for our desire or living in our desire because that's the unknown and that's what society deems as unacceptable or too much. Mm. What was the breaking point for you, Tracy, where you're like, actually, I do have unmet needs. Actually, I am not allowing myself to receive. Actually, I don't give permission to my desire. I have been staying small to avoid the opinions of others. What was the point where you decided, I literally cannot fucking live like this for myself any longer? Yeah. So I think I would have just continued on like that for potentially ever. And I was blessed enough to have a series of events that really activated a part of me that was like, okay, so here I am living this life that society deems as acceptable. And yet these major things are in my experience. I had a physical business, which I lost to floods. My children went to live with their dad and I had all of this spaciousness and before I could mask my unmet needs within my busyness of being a mum, within my busyness of having a business. And then once that was taken away, I was just left with me with my unmet needs and desires. And so that was the turning point for me. I'd already done about 12 years of personal development work. So I already knew really that I was living that type of life, but I was choosing it based on my circumstances. And when all that was removed, I was like, okay, well, I have literally no choice and nothing to lose now than to live a life that feels like I'm fulfilled and that I'm speaking and claiming my desires. 
And I mean, obviously, being your best friend, I know the journey. But for anyone that doesn't know, what was it like to be in that experience? Tracy's business was impacted by those huge floods that occurred in Australia last year. I'm sure it wasn't like, oh, well, my business is flooded. Great. Hello, Desire. I'm assuming that there was some kind of crumbling process as you're witnessing your physical business literally get filled with water and your entire town get literally put under. What was that entire experience like? Yeah, I definitely didn't walk into my business on the Thursday morning when I could finally access it and open the door and be like, oh, thank gosh, now I can finally live my desires. I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do now? Like I've foregone all of my desire and all of my pleasure and all of the essence of who I truly am to have this business, to do the thing that I thought I should be doing. And so then walking in on that Thursday morning and seeing it annihilated was destroying and heartbreaking. And at no point through that initial process was I like, excellent, now I get to be in my desire. (laughs) I was like, well, what do I do now? And I have a real fighting type energy when I'm presented with challenges. And so I was like, well, I'm going to reopen and I'm going to do it quicker than everybody else. And I'm going to clean everything out. I'm going to do the thing. So another distraction. So I did that and I reopened my business. And then I continued on like that for quite some time, but the energy of the town, like the town still hasn't recovered. And so I had to be in that process of, okay, so what do I choose now? I've got all the tools. I've got all the resources. I've done 12 years of personal development work. It's time to put them to practice. And in November last year, I made the decision to close down the business for good. And that was the very point where I was like, okay, you can sit here and continue doing what you've done and doing what you're doing, or you can choose to live a life that feels so aligned and so desire-filled, and you can choose. Either option is available to you. And I was working with a company at the time where there was a qualification period for a trip to Bali, and so I just went all in and decided that I was going to qualify for that trip to Bali because since 2008, Bali had been calling my heart. And I made the qualification and I came to Bali in January and it reignited the most aliveness I have ever felt in my entire life. I finally felt like I had arrived, like I was at home and everything that I'd worked for was here and now. And I could never go back. And just side note, everything everyone's like, no wonder these two crazy motherfuckers that are committed to living these alive, desire-led lives. I'm hearing some similarities here because I actually came and met you as well. And that sparked a lot for me because I had heard Bali calling me for a long time. And I just want to know, because I'm having a really big conversation right now in our groups, I'm saying this on social media, I'm saying this, reflecting back to myself, I'm telling myself this, is that underneath all of our confusion and pretending that we don't know what we want or not speaking our actual needs or saying that we don't know what we want or we don't know what our desires are, I feel like underneath that is a woman who really knows exactly what the fuck she wants. So I'm curious for you, when you decide the Thursday comes, you walk in and you decide from fight energy, I'm going to reopen, I'm going to do it quicker than everyone else. If you were totally truthful with yourself in that moment and you really just chose what you really fucking wanted, What is it that you really wanted in that moment? Yeah, I just got goosebumps all over my body because I opened that door and I knew that that was a gift from God, that it was time for me to leave, that it was time for me to stop that fight and step into the life that I was desiring, the life that I really wanted. And I didn't listen. I just did the thing that would be better in inverted commas around what society expects or whatever it was. It was just that I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to fight. I'm going to create this, even though my desire is not that. Mm, and I resonate so much in a different capacity. I mean, I know I've shared so transparently and you know my journey of like the plane ride and hearing the voice and the voice being like, you're coming back from the Amalfi Coast to London and you have to end this relationship. That was October last year. And Fight Energy was like, no, 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 no. That's my trauma. That's my wound. I can make this work. This is a beautiful relationship. Let's go. And I overrid that. And so I'm curious, knowing that you heard that voice and you knew what your want actually was, what was the fear? Yeah. So the fear was how will I make it work? What will I do? What will people think? I'll be the quitter. I would have given up. So much societal conditioning coming down on me and family inherited beliefs of like, no, you keep going. You keep doing the thing. You know, you're a worker. You've got to keep working. And Mm -hmm. So much fear around what will I do now and what will people think of a woman who is almost 40 years old stepping into a life outside of the one that she's lived all of this time Mm -hmm. and outside of the expectations of just being a mum or just being the provider or just being whatever it was. What on earth does that even look like? What does it feel like? How do I do it? And what will people think? And so how did you move through that? How did you decide, fuck, I've allowed that to control so much of my life and I'm 40, I have four kids, I've had the business, I've done what society told me to do and it didn't bring me any amount of fulfillment and now I'm here, I'm reopening this business that I don't even actually want to reopen. How did you move through that to decide, no, I truly get to claim my desire and living this life of aliveness and choose to go to Bali. I truly had to go through so much grief of the life that I was letting go of, the life that I thought I was going to live. And this is no different. I relate it really to the process of me ending my marriage some years before that. Once I get married, we've got the kids, we've got the white picket fence, I'm going to be doing life properly. And I got married and I was like, this feels exactly the same. This is still not my desire filled life. And that was exactly the same thing. I opened the shop back up and I was like, this is still not it. And this desire is still calling me so strongly. And if I keep ignoring it, it's going to destroy me. I'm going to sit here and do what doesn't feel aligned. And if I'm doing it here, I'm doing it in relationship. I'm doing it as a mother. I'm doing it in friendship. I'm doing it all over the place. And I don't choose that anymore, but I got to grieve the part of me that was letting go of the life that I'd imagined, the life that was sensible and that was accepted and quiet. And I grieved that and I let go and I moved into a life that felt alive. And you know, it's so funny that you say that because we literally just finished week 10 of our True Transformation call. And this was the exact conversation that came up for so many of the women that they were choosing different lives and paths that felt aligned with their desires. But they were also going through this huge grieving process of like, fuck, up until now, I did all the things that my mum, my dad, society, my teachers, college told me to do. And I thought that the fantasy would bring me the fulfillment, but if the fantasy was not the fantasy. The white picket fence was not the white picket fence. And it's not just a flick of a button of like, hello, desire, life is lit up, let's go. I actually have to let it go. And I see you nodding. So for any woman listening who was like, I hear you talking, Tracy, about desire calling me so strongly. What do you mean? Do you have a fucking phone inside of you? Like, what are you talking about? You're feeling it. If I don't listen to it, if I don't answer it, it's going to destroy me. What is calling you? What's happening? Can you give the listeners some context about what you mean when you say that? Yeah, I think this is a beautiful thing. And a lot of it is intuition. We hear this little voice inside of us and we're conditioned to shut it down. Don't listen to the little voice. And the little voice just kept speaking. 
And I heard it in words. I heard it in feelings. I felt it. All of my senses were alive with this feeling within me and this little voice that was like, Tracy, this is not the life that you're here for. Mm -hmm. Tracy, there is something more and you're not listening. And there is something more right here for you. And it just kept going and it kept going. And it was a physical representation in losing the business. And it was a physical representation in my younger kids moving in with their dad. And it was so many things in my external world started to shift and open up in order for me to follow that voice. And so for any woman who's listening, who's like, is the voice real? Is the voice my intuition? Maybe the voice is my fears. Maybe the voice is my self-sabotage. Maybe my voice doesn't want me to be in a happy relationship. So For any woman that's like, how do you discern, Tracy, between the voice of knowing and intuition and truth and the voice of fear and self-sabotage? Yeah, beautiful. The voice of knowing will never be fear-based. Yeah, fears may come up afterwards once you hear that voice and you're like, oh, I couldn't do that because insert blank here. But the voice will never come with fear. You do not hear the voice in a fear-based way. The voice is there to call you into something more. And I think our anxiety or our fears come with this anxious energy or this like, ah, the voice comes with this knowing of like, well, yeah, that feels really good. And then the next thought will be, oh, but the fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I resonate with that as well. Obviously, when I did my breath work, I would always hear this voice that's like, it's not Jake. And then I would hear the next voice afterwards that would say, but I want it to be. And I always knew they'd always say the first voice is truth, the next voice is fear. I'm like, oh, it's like ripping my heart out right now. So what I want to ask you is what's the journey been like for you being in Bali? Like you've got your life of aliveness now. Desire is here. Is it just all sunshine flowers every single minute of every single day just being the best life ever? Like just... 10,000 out of 10, life is amazing. What's life been like for you in this transition? Short answer, no, it has not been like that. The long answer is that life keeps lifing. Yes, I'm in a different geographical location. And yes, I am following my desire. And I'm still human, having a life on earth. And I'm dating and I'm interacting with other humans and all of my stuff. And all of the fears that held me back, they're still there. They're still like, but what if you just go back to that life? That energy is still there somewhat because I'm still working towards fully leaning into and stepping into more and more and more, more desire, more pleasure, more excitement, more fun, more joy, more of life. And so as I expand into more and more, anything that is not that is going to come up for me to review. Mm each and every single stage. So yes, it's a process and it still feels more alive and more aligned and more desire-filled than the life where I was denying it all. Are you ready to be lit the fuck up and turn the fuck on by your life? What does living a life of alignment and aliveness mean to you? Have you been longing for something more? Are you desiring to live freely, fully and expressively? The doors to my newly released four-week mini course, Aliveness is My Birthright, are now open. If you've been listening to any of these recent episodes and have felt called to live a more aligned life where you are unapologetically yourself, where you allow your desires to lead you, where you are activated within your courageous and vulnerable feminine expression, and you are doing the work to truly let go of what has been holding you back so that pleasure can permeate your very existence, then this experience is for you. Join me and my team for four heart-opening weeks of self-discovery whilst you commit to your unique life path of alignment and aliveness. 
Early bird access is now open and for my amazing raw, real and vulnerable community, you get to save an additional $100 off your sign up just for being here, making this the most affordable transformation you will ever invest in. I cannot wait to go there together and plant the seeds of pleasure, desire, alignment and aliveness that I know you have been yearning for. Head to the link in the show notes to find out more. I love that so much. And I love asking these questions, but I also know it because I've been able to be here every step of the way. But I love also for the women listening to just know that because you and I have had similar but very, very different experiences that you can't just get on a plane and expect that all your shit doesn't come with you. And I think that was maybe the hardest part of my breakup. And when I came and met you in January, February, I was still in the relationship and still living in person, didn't know everything that was to come. Bali kind of looked like this massive playground. And then when I decided to exit the relationship and actually come to Bali on a one-way ticket, I had to go through the grief. We spoke about grief prior of the life that we're letting go of. It was like, oh my God, I'm spending six months in this fucking playground and I can't go out and actually enjoy what I'm seeing because I have to be with my feelings. The feelings came. They didn't just stay in Perth. And so for anyone who's listening, I feel like that gets to be a tunnel of darkness and also the light at the end of it too, that no matter where you are and no matter where you travel to, everything that you've gone through up until now is going to come with you. And so what would you say to women who are feeling like, oh, well, I just need to do a Beck and Tracy and get on a plane and life will be better? What would you say to her? Yeah, well, if it's a calling for you, if there is a deep desire for you to step into more of life and a part of that is to do a Beck and Tracy, then yeah, do that. And just know that everything that you're feeling right now is still going to be there and you still get to call on the tools and the resources and you still get to step into all of the places that you're going and all of the places that you've been are still going to be there. And it's still a process of doing the work and it's still a choice every single day. When shit really comes up for me, my reverting program is to go straight into I should just go back to Australia. Not because I want to, not because that's my desire, because that's my trauma response is like, nah, I need to get away from it. So if you're somebody who's doing something to get away from it, you're not getting away from it. It's still going to be there. And so in those moments, and of, of course I resonate in a different capacity, obviously ending a relationship where I felt so safe, but not having that desire alive feel life. So every time that trauma response for me has come up, it's been like, <gasps> do I go back? What would you say to any woman listening? Because obviously it's hard. You're grieving a life. You're grieving an identity. You're letting go of past external safeties. You're stepping into the unknown. There's so much change. Lots of humans have a big fear of change and uncertainty. And we think everything's certain. Nothing fucking is certain. But we think the safe lives that we've created come with enough certainty to feel like we're certain. We have some amount of control. What would you say to that woman when she's navigating this huge courageous change and she's really wanting to claim herself, her life, her aliveness, her pleasure, her desires. And then the trauma response kicks in. That's like, just fucking go back. Go back to Australia, Tracy. Go back to the relationship, Beck. Go back to the career that you knew. Don't choose your business. Don't leave that place, that state, that friendship. What would you say to that person when she's like, got to go back? Yeah, I would just say in those moments, you just get to drop into your breath and then ask yourself, and what do I choose now? Because it's no different to a relationship, a way of life. All of the things that we do are a choice. You wake up in a relationship and choose that person every single day. I wake up in this life and choose this life every single day. And in those moments where that kicks in, I just get to ask, and what do I choose now? And so for any woman who's feeling like she's challenged to access desire within herself, what insights would you share with her? Yeah, I love this. There is no separation in desire from the desire of asking for extra salt on your French fries. 
to stepping into moving countries and listening to the inner desire. There is no separation between those two desires. And if you're denying because you're like, oh, I don't want to ask the waiter to bring the salt over, so I'll just eat my French fries with no salt, you're foregoing your desire there and you're foregoing it everywhere. There is no separation. So start to play in the practice of being in your desire, being in your pleasure, being in your, I'm not the too much woman. I am the woman who is a stand for every single desire that she feels and experiences. And when we make a request, somebody can say no, but we still get to be in the spaciousness of making the request, being a stand for our desires. And yes, surrounding yourself with people who will also be a stand for your desires. So supportive. Mm. We were having this conversation the other day. Tracy and I have a favorite restaurant that we always go to. We basically order the same thing all the time. And Tracy loves her drink in a tall glass. And as the waiter came over, before he even got the drink to her, because I know Tracy's love languages, I'm like, I fucking notice that he's got her drink in the wrong glass. And if I call it out, Tracy will feel loved by me. And so I say to him before he even gets to hand the drink to her, oh, no, she likes her drink in a tall glass. Can you please change that? And we've talked about that with all of our groups, that past versions of the both of us, maybe I wouldn't have spoken up, or if I had have spoken up, you might have been embarrassed by the friend that's turned around to the waiter and said, hey, she doesn't want her drink in a short glass. It's a tall glass. We've been here about 50 times. (laughs) You should know it by now. And that's just an example of how are we going to step up and use our voices for our desires in high stake moments, so maybe when I need to share something vulnerable with my best friend or my intimate life partner, when I can't even turn around to the waiter and say, actually, no, I need my drink in a tall glass, please. And so can you elaborate a little bit more on that for us? Yeah, even in that, when I saw the short glass right before you said something and I was like, ah, I just don't even know if I could be bothered. And I caught myself and before I could speak, you'd spoken because there definitely is a past version of me that was like the good girl and the people pleaser. I didn't want to upset anybody. I didn't want anybody to think I was the too much woman. So I would have just been like, oh, well, I'll just have the short glass. Or if my friend had have spoken up, I would have been like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Why make a big deal out of it? Just accept what you're given. And this is such a deep conditioning. Just accept what you're given. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Do not just accept what you are given because you'll just keep getting given what you accept, Mm -hmm. which is shit. You deserve to live a life where you receive what you desire, what you want. And I love that you say conditioning because maybe some of the women listening and used to that kind of languaging. But essentially, when you're like, just accept what you're given, we all get to think about some of the things that we were taught as children that our parents said to us from beautiful intentions or our primary caregivers. My dad would have said, be grateful for what you've got, Rebecca. And so then when the short glass comes, knowing that Tracy wants it in at all, based on that conditioning, that programming, something that my father has said to me, be like, well, I should be grateful. I mean, I'm in Bali right now. I should be grateful that I can afford a drink. Some people can't right now. I should just be happy. I shouldn't be an inconvenience to someone else. They didn't mean to fuck it up. It's not hurting and harming me. I should just be grateful for what I've got. But if we continue to play that program out in our reality, what kind of experience, Tracy, are you saying the woman's going to start to attract to her? Well, that's exactly it. We attract from the energy that we're in and from the space that we're in. And if we're just throwing it out there that we're willing to accept second best or things that we don't desire, we're just going to continue to attract the things that we don't desire. And the other belief, something that I heard a lot as a child was don't ask for it or you won't get it. So we're literally taught 
Wow. You ask for it, you won't get it. So we don't even ask. And then that's a whole other level of conditioning. And if we're not in the space of choosing us, nothing and no one else around us is going to match our energy at the choosing us level because we're already not. They're going to match the energy of not choosing. They're going to come in half-assed. They're going to bring drinks in short glasses. They're going to do all of the things because that's where we're at. And it's not to make us wrong in any way, shape or form. This is just a space to come from like what is your come from energy and when you've been witnessing all the women in our groups really start to call this part of them forward they want to live this life in alignment with their desires they're letting go of a past version of themselves they're desiring more fulfillment more passion for their lives what do you feel like is their biggest block in really claiming the life that they were put here to live I think first of all, the biggest block is for them not even really allowing themselves to know what it is. You cannot ask for something you do not know. And so getting really clear on really allowing yourself to drop in and ask yourself and listen to the wisdom. What is it that I actually desire? What is it that I want? Where am I going? What am I doing? All of those questions. That's the first step. And then what am I willing to do to get there? And having the uncomfortable conversations. Because once you have the uncomfortable conversations, they're not uncomfortable anymore. They just become a norm. Like asking for a tall glass instead of a short glass. Once upon a time, that was an uncomfortable conversation. Mm. Now it just is a conversation. Yeah. And obviously I got to witness you close down the business, sell your things, pack up your house. There's so much loss and letting go in that process. And for me personally, that was a big part of my fear of change is letting go of a person in a relationship that I'd spent every day with for three years. And it was so hard for me emotionally to be with that. How did you support yourself through the grief and through the letting go and through the loss of change? Yeah. So the floods were a really beautiful testing ground for me because it was like this forced, things were ripped away from me. I had things stored in that business that I'd had from when my 24-year-old son was a baby. So there was a lot of sentimental things as well that I probably never would have let go of that were just ripped away from me. And I got to grieve that. And as I evolved in that process, I used to amount my success on how much stuff I had. Like, look at my corporate job and all of the stuff that I've got and my house is nice and all of the things. And as I started to pull that down, I also pulled down that part of me that had that belief. And so again, grieving process, almost every single item I sold was a grieving process because I had an attachment to what it meant to have the things. Mm -hmm. And I just really got to step into the, what do I choose now? Like, cool story, this is an old belief, it's not serving you anymore, what life do you choose? You can stay here with all of these belongings that are actually stopping you from living the life that you're deeply desiring, or you can step into a life of desire, and you can choose. Just bringing it back to that choice all the time, but it definitely was a huge grieving process and a letting go and really calling on the tools and the resources that I had. And as you know, Beck, speaking with you constantly in breakdown and breakthrough about the process that I was going through. Yeah, I mean, your journey was such a powerful teacher for me because I feel we get stuck in our humanness of like, oh my God, I need to stay in person, I need to stay in that relationship and I just need to make it work and if I just tried harder, then I could just be happy and we could be fulfilled and then we will have this white picket fence life and I just need to work even harder and stay in Perth. And for me, what was so powerful was A, having friends around me that were reflecting back to me what my desires actually are, 
having friends around me that were holding the vision for me when I was in my smallness or in my wounding. And I feel like because we have such a powerful community around us, we have people that will give us really honest and direct feedback. Like when I'm being an asshole, you'll turn around and let me know, like, Beck, you're being an asshole here. And when you know that I'm making a really great decision, even when I fear the decision, you're going to hold space for that. But witnessing your journey, even when you were in the challenging moments of not wanting to leave the entire time. I mean, for me personally, being Tracy's best friend, basically since I've known her, I've been like, when the fuck is she going to get out of this town and choose her life? And every time I got to experience you outside of that town and choosing your life, I was like, this woman who is lit up and alive and her energy looks different, her face, everything about her looks entirely different. I was like, it's so obvious what the decision is that you desire to make, but there was so much fear around making it. But then I could mirror that back and be like, oh my God, my own decision that I know I want to leave. I know I want to leave that partnership. And there's so much fear. I'm like, oh my God, I am Tracy in the town but I'm back in the relationship in Perth. And so that to me was my greatest mirror of if we surround ourselves with people who see the vision for us when we're in our wounding, that can really help us on our journey of claiming the life of desire that we're here for. Definitely. You mentioned it's really important to have somebody that you do have that trust with. If I'm being an arsehole, you're going to be like, nah, bro, I'm <laughs> being an arsehole and I'm going to do the same. 95% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I say no, Beck, this is your higher calling or this is what you're here for. You trust that because I've already been so honest. Yeah. And you can have that trust in that friendship and that relationship that I'm not going to lie to you. And community is so important. Without community, everything becomes so much more of a challenge because, yes, you do get to have people that can hold you in a vision outside of the one that you're holding for yourself at the time. And that's why I love the power of our groups because we get to really experience the truth of the women and hold the vision for them. And then they're immersed in community. You and I traveled the world to find the community that we found, to find each other. Like Tracy and I met in Western Smiles group program four and a half, five years ago now. And this is how we found each other. And now we create groups so that women can have that exact same experience for themselves. And then our communities hold the vision individually for each of those women. Because if you haven't found your soul aligned community yet, you might feel a little bit challenged to have someone that you really trust hold your bigger vision for you if the people around you aren't holding bigger visions for themselves. So I'm curious, Tracy, what is your experience of yourself like now committing to your desire versus your experience of yourself then when you were not? Oh, yes. <laughs> So my experience of myself then was I didn't date in Australia. I didn't go out and do things very much. I describe it as in Australia, I was dead on the inside and I was just literally doing the process of life to get through each day and do the thing. There was nothing that really lit me up. And then coming to Bali, it's like walking to the shops lights me up. I'm in the experience here of walking past people who haven't seen me for like four weeks, who are the cleaner of a villa that I used to stay at. And they're like stopping their bikes. Miss Tracy, hello, how are you? What are you doing? What have you been doing? Where are you going? That to me is like a part of the community that I've called in. We don't hang out together and go for lunch or anything, but I am in the experience of this community. And if you're choosing any part of your community that's unaligned, that's out of alignment, then you're blocking the community that is for you. And 
all parts of this community feel like they're for me. I feel so good just going for a walk to the supermarket to get something because I have conversations on the way. I feel good. It just feels good. I love that. And so given that you weren't dating at all in Australia and dead on the inside, what is your experience of sex like now that you're committed to your desire in comparison to the version of you who did not? Oh, yes. So I was actually celibate for a year before I came to Bali because I had no desire anyway. So it was nothing for me to just not. And in January, I met this man in particular that I reconnected with after 15 years of being separate from, and it just ignited something so deep within me of this, oh my gosh, I get to actually experience connection. I get to actually experience sex. I get to actually feel alive in all aspects. So it wasn't just coming to Bali and the people down the street and all of the things, but I get to be a participant of dating and be in the experience of intimacy rather than just the opposite of that, which is that feeling of just being dead on the inside and having no desire. But when you have desire, when you start to ask for what you want and step into what you desire, it touches every single area. And I cannot tell you the amount of pleasure that I've experienced this year as opposed to the previous 39 years of my life, which is in no comparison. Amazing. I love that so much. And so if you were to go back and give Tracy some guidance 10 years ago, what would you say to her? I would invite her into always choosing the most aligned community Mm -hmm. and always choosing her pleasure and her desire because that's the truth. Underneath all of the other things, the truth inside of us is the desire and the pleasure. And for any woman who's really resonating with the fuck, the dead on the inside is just stinging me hearing those words at the moment. I can't even think about pleasure and desire because... I'm just getting through the day feeling dead on the inside. What would you say to her? I would say to reach out to somebody who feels in alignment with where you're going and what you want to do and speak about how you're feeling because speaking has so much power in removing the shame that we potentially could feel. Shame can only live in the dark. Once we speak something, that's it. It's in the light. So that would be my first invitation. And secondly, to just ask yourself the question, what do I choose? Now. You're amazing. I'm so grateful and glad that I got to show you off to the world. This has been one of my favorite podcast episodes ever. And I always ask every guest one final question, which is Tracy Callahan, what does it mean uniquely to you to be raw, real, and vulnerable in your own life? Oh, it means to live the most desire filled and alive life that is available. I fucking love you. She's my best friend, everyone. No one can steal her from me but if anyone who is listening in wants to get all up in your world where do we find you yes i am on instagram it's tracy t-r-a-c-i-e underscore calligan c-a-l-l-a-g-h-a-n and i would love to see you there amazing we'll put all of that in the show notes thank you so much for the most amazing conversation thank you i love you thanks for tuning in to today's episode if you're desiring more from me right now Firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, 
you won't want to miss this episode.